Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Samira Zizi. Thanks for tuning in to this uh, podcast. Uh, this is actually a very cool one uh, with Calvin Cooper. He's a co-founder, CEO of Rove, and he was also a founder of uh, and CEO of Talker Labs. We talked a lot about real estate investing and what it means to become basically a, an investor into a decentralized economy and a real estate economy, which is something different, but also kind of goes along with my passion pursued for network state research. Uh, so I hope you'll enjoy this episode. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. And please, please, please rate it with five-star reviews, thumbs up, and please leave a review uh, under Apple Podcasts. What does Rove represent and how did you, how that came to be basically? Yeah, it's really important to just zoom out and forget all about technology. Really, technology doesn't matter to most people. Um, what matters is, is the, are the experiences that we're enabling. So imagine a world where every renter is an owner, right? Uh, today's real estate market is inherently unfair. Uh, the average young person uh, will never own their home. A growing portion of us don't plan to ever buy. Um, and at least in America, it's cheaper to rent than to own in three quarters of, of U.S. markets. And um, you're going to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars in lifetime rent, but have nothing on the other side to show for it. Um, but that's not right. We need to build wealth. And real estate is important. It's where we raise our families. It's inherently social and political. And so that's what really inspired us to start Rome. It was so that I could own a piece of the apartment that I live in. But building a liquid real estate market enables so many more experiences. Like imagine if Africa's middle class could hedge inflation by investing in New York real estate. They're underbanked and underserved, um, but there is a growing middle class there um, that needs access to financial services. Or imagine if you're Colombian and when there's a change of government, there's political turmoil, what do rich people do? They call their broker in Miami and they buy real estate. But what do middle class consumers do? They don't have that kind of access. And so imagine a world where you can use your phantom wallet um, click a button and invest in Miami real estate. That's the future we're creating. Wow. To be honest, based on the research I've done, like I didn't catch that moment. And that's actually amazing. When, when capital, when capital reallocates during turbulent times, you are absolutely right. The rich people, they like invest in a bunch of real estate. Like there's a lot of Chinese investors, uh, in Toronto, like what up the whole ap apartment buildings, but yeah, what do other people do? Like who don't have so much capital, who don't have like 500,000, $1 million to get like a condo here in Toronto or something like that. And same with the United States, you know, it's, uh, uh, wow. I haven't even thought of that, but that's true. That's, that's very attractive because my question to you was how does. How is this different from, uh, let's say, uh, a REIT, for example, you know, this idea and, and, and it's just, just the idea of requiring smaller amount of capital uh, to enter the well, market? Well, a REIT, you're buying a basket of goods. Um, and if you think globally, a lot of consumers don't have access to REITs. They don't have the same kind of access we have in like Canada or the U.S. Um, to high quality uh, REITs. But real estate is more personal than that. Um this is about investing in individual properties. So owning the places that you're connected to, like whether that's an apartment building that you live in, 
or if you want to co-invest with the property owner um, that has developed the building you're in, or if you're part of a digital community and coming together and, and backing the types of deals that you believe in. Let, let me let me through example of uh, owning an apartment that you're renting. How does that? How would that work? And uh, what what's uh, what's so special about it? Yeah, what's special about it? Like, why do people buy homes, right? Especially mm -hmm. why do people in their twenties and thirties want to buy a home? Uh, we we get that it's inherently unfair that we're living here, adding value, paying rent, but don't own a piece of it. And um, when you do the math. Uh, it becomes really clear that wanting to own a home or a condo doesn't make sense for most people. Like unless you need a house with three bedrooms and you plan on living there five, 10, 15 years, it doesn't make sense to buy a home. But you know what also doesn't make sense? And, and let me d double click on that. It doesn't make sense to buy a home because it's more expensive. You're spending more money every month than is necessary. It's, it's cheaper to rent to own in many markets. Um, and you're taking on the responsibility of maintenance and taxes, oh, yeah. and insurance and other headaches. And um, further, you're taking a step back in amenities. There is a lot of uh, apartment buildings developed in the past decade, but not many condos or single family homes. And so we've gotten used to granite countertops and you know gyms and walkable neighborhoods. But then you've got people thinking, I'm an adult, I need to buy a home or a condo. And you take a step back in the experience to do that and you pay more. And you don't actually end up making that much money. Like the gap between renting and owning, like if you would have saved the money or and invested it, you would have been better off financially in many cases. And, and so that's, that's like the third option, right? The alternative is um, you could rent, spend, $200,000 in lifetime rent as a millennial, Gen Z will spend more. And this is a lot more than previous generations. Um, and at the end of the day, what do you have to show? You have no equity. So the cities are getting built around us. Everybody's making money. There was a $60 billion transfer uh, and housing grab from, mm -hmm. Wall, from Main Street to Wall Street after the last recession. And we haven't seen anything yet. There's so much, there's trillions of dollars of dry powder that private equity funds and other investors have, they're just on the sidelines waiting for this next recession. And they're going to buy everything up. For cheap. Yeah. I, and, and I so agree with you on the whole thing. It's, it's, it's a lot of social pressure on, you know, like people my age, like the millennials, for example, to get a house just uh, for, for the sake of like getting a house and saying like you have to own something. Yes, I agree. Owning is better than renting. You do get equity and all of that, but isn't opposed to like you're not just paying rent, but you also get something in return. But in the current market conditions, especially with interest rates are going up right now, the, the actual mortgage is just so expensive right now. What you could have like get for $600,000, you can you will pay right now the same amount in mortgage monthly payments for something that is $300,000. So like the value just decreased. So the access to that is so uh, minuscule right now. Yeah. You get this giant debt over your shoulders for 30 years and you just have to like hope that you can figure this out. And you know, by the time you're 60 or 65 or 70, you can finally like show up with this. And- Right, and my grandma's 83 and she's still underwater on her condo. Like not all real estate goes up. So diversifying is kind of a good idea. Uh, right. And uh, why do we need more debt? Like you've got student loans, you've got, 
Yeah, we should have a debt-free world. You're trading your freedom for what? Like, we need more liquidity and flexibility in our lives. In the future, your um, status and making it won't just be measured by your net worth. They'd be measured by the degree of flexibility you have to arrange your life to fit your needs. And that's freedom and autonomy. One really good book for listeners um, that you might want to check out is Sovereign Individual. Oh, I just read it. Oh, my God. That's so funny that you mentioned it. Oh, my God. I read it like a month ago. Wow, I love that book. The, the way how they predicted stuff. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk to uh, let you talk about it. Let's go ahead. <laughs> I mean, in 97, they're talking about oh um, a cyber money economy being enabled by crypto technologies. And this multi-trillion dollar cyber money economy is going to create so many new experiences and so much more freedom for people. And here we are, right? We now have a trillion dollar cyber money economy. Moreover, they predict that it's this technology, open ledger technology is going to make all illiquid assets liquid, right? And when you do that, we're going to have more flexibility. We can decouple like, um, like different aspects of renting and owning like a, a la carte and choose what works for you. Exactly. So like in your example, in your company's example, instead of me trying to purchase a freaking house for $800,000, I can at least start with owning 50 different houses and only invest like as little as like, I don't know, whatever, like little amounts, but like I can invest like 20,000 bucks, but at the same time own 30, 30 different houses, like pieces, pieces in 30 different properties, basically. Right. And the property you're in and the one across the street, the ones you care about. Exactly. Um, that, that you're, to support you know, neighborhoods, you have, communities. Yeah. You have a connection to, right? We all feel, um, we look out the window, there's a crane going up. We're like, okay, that's cool, man. Okay, that's great. Real estate prices are going up. And if you're not a homeowner, you're, you, it, you, there's this feeling inside of you, right? What's that gap? I'm yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I wish I could own. We pull up Zillow and we look at window shop. Um, but what if you could click? A button and invest at that point that would be really cool and so you can scratch that itch of ownership without having to take on debt and then the future is even brighter so imagine you don't just invest hundreds of dollars there are going to be property owners that create a whole new experience for renters that competes with home ownership itself so instead of taking you know all your life savings and putting it in one asset you could take like Ten thousand to ten thousand dollars and invest. Now you've moved up the ladder of commitment. You could yeah. commit more time and say, "All right, I'll stay here for three years or more," mm -hmm. and then maybe you can lock in your rent payment. Mm -hmm. So we don't need government to have rent controls. The private sector can create a solution. So you can lock in your rent. You can now, let's say, you've got <clears throat> even more in. You can now have more agency and control over your space. You can paint. You can upgrade things. It'll feel very much like a condo. That's the future. And what we're doing right now is just like the beachhead. It's just the first mm -hmm. step. But the future is, it'll be ridiculous to have a 30-year mortgage. And it seemed archaic. And I, you know, in my gut, I fully agree that having a 30-year mortgage and, and actually being proud of, you know, this giant debt over your shoulders for the prospects of, of you know, this huge, like, equity payout at the end when you're old, it, it does sound a little ridiculous in our day and age when you're basically democratizing the real estate market and you're spreading the wealth basically across the people. And uh, and I think that's truly revolutionary. And But at the same time, it, it just makes so much sense. It's, you know, 
I think people people can understand this aspect and and they can be proud. They can go show like with their friends to the neighborhoods like, oh, yeah, I own piece of this. I own piece of that. I own piece of that. Like that goes without saying, though, it's not just owning it. You also are uh, getting a return from it. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So there's a reason that institutions and family offices, high net worth individuals love investing in real estate. You earn uh, distributions from rent payments. And then since you have equity, if the property appreciates in value, then you have a capital gain. The problem for them, too, is that private real estate is illiquid. So they'll invest a million bucks and it's locked up for five years. The future is brighter for them, too. It'll feel like Robinhood or Coinbase. You can mm-hmm. buy and trade shares at a granular level. And that's really what technology is for. Uh, you saw Elon Musk tweet this, but this is an economic principle. Uh, it's not unique. Uh, but like uh, money is an information system. Mm-hmm. Okay. So liquidity is an information problem. The problem is, is that you have unique supply of equity. Um, all the terms are in DocuSign in somebody's inbox at best um and people are sitting wire transfers you have a capitalization waterfall spreadsheet that's in excel google sheets or maybe a cap table management system right so it's not visible it's not interoperable there's no standard data structure and so if you have a hundred thousand dollar equity position in an apartment building across the street because you're rich and you have that access and you can participate in a country club race, as they call it. <clears throat> There's no way for somebody in Singapore to know that you're willing to sell $10,000 worth of your position. There's no mm-hmm. way. And there's no easy way to um, execute that trade. So the future just automates that. It's like a global programmable spreadsheet. You just program the equity. And then now you can enable new experiences with liquidity. And so Building a liquid real estate market is so important for many reasons. It creates a more capital efficient market for LPs. Uh, It lowers the cost of capital for property owners because if an asset is illiquid, Mm -hmm. uh, it's discounted, right? You have to pay a premium for that capital because people are locking up their money for some years, Mm -hmm. right? But so. Right. And, and then and, and, for consumers, right, it allows you to create more experiences that matter to us. Yes. And, and, and so the everyday Joe can basically uh, invest a certain amount of, uh, of his savings into a property, but still then can get return based on like, let's say it's a condo building or something on its rent. You know, how is the building cash flowing? Yes, it is. And if it's cash flowing, the, the, you know, the, the net being allocated through, let's say the, the holders of, uh, of that equity, you know, through, through tokenomics, for example, in, in, right. in something, something that we're going to talk. So, so, so the, you yeah. do, it's a passive income formula as well. Yeah, yeah. So basically today, you you don't own real estate, you're just paying somebody else's rent. Um, And that's not fair. So what is Rove? Rove makes real estate more fair. We're giving access to everybody so that we can own the places we live, work and play. And it's so funny, you've mentioned that, you know, capital would fly to uh, during turbulent times, capital from rich people would fly to 
you know, developed countries such as uh, United States or Canada or Europe or something like that, where it's more safe. But at the same time, as a, as a retail investor, for example, perhaps I do want to get a piece of Singapore. Perhaps I want to get a piece of, you know, uh, develop, de- developing countries that are, you know, where the returns are much higher because of, you know, everything's growing faster. And all of a sudden, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like this can be in the formula as well, where you can uh, figure out, you know, other markets outside the United States in the world, or you, you mentioned, you know, different continents and all of that. Can it be as easy as looking at Zillow or going to Google Maps and clicking a button and investing? That's fantastic. How did you come? How did you come up with this? How did you come to this idea? And where did you, where did your entrepreneurial uh, uh, journey started? Yeah, so I just wanted to own a piece of the apartment building I lived in. It's that simple. But I'm a nerd and I do the math. I didn't want to buy uh, buy a condo. It doesn't make sense to me. So dating somebody and he's like, we should buy a condo. And I was turning thirty, and I was like, why? Like, are we going to live there for five years? We're not going to reach the break-even point. I did the math, um, and it's going to be more expensive, and the experience is going to be less than where we live. Why would I want to do that? And have no, I work a lot. It's like have no desire to do anything with maintenance, and we don't have kids, so we 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 don't need the school district or anything. So I just not going to do it. It makes no sense. But I also want to own real estate. Have to. Uh, I want to, I, I volunteer in our city. I like to give back. I care. And where, where are I you from? Want to own. Oh. I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, and cool. so I'm like, I just want to own. And also I want, I want to invest in the community with time, but then why can't I invest capital and get a return on investment and a return on community? So I'm like, I just want to be able to own a piece of this apartment building as easily as I can click a button and buy Bitcoin or invest in Apple. And I was just ranting and raving about this. And I met Brett Kaufman. He owns Kaufman Development. He's a major developer in um, our region in Columbus, where I, where I grew up. And in Columbus, it's a re- it's a fast growing city. So like Intel just built, like they're building the largest chip manufacturing plant there. And there's a bunch of stuff happening. Uh, uh, a lot of people may not be aware of. And so it's a really dynamic city. I'm working in venture at the time. And so I have this thesis. I'm like, the future looks really different. It's crazy to me that the average person can't own real estate. Brett cuts, cuts me off five minutes in the conversation. We're sitting in his office, you know, kind of just having a coffee. And his office is really uh Cool. He, he's he's a very creative person. So if you look at Columbus's skyline, the latest skyline, if it looks cool and it's downtown, Brett probably built it. Wow. So he's just a cool thinker. So Brett cuts me up. He's like, I agree. You should quit your job and start that company. And if you do, I'll invest. And I'm like, what am I gonna do with 100k? I'm gonna loot. I'm gonna run out of money. Why don't you? invest i'll leave the deal i'll get the partners to invest and i'll join the board and he's like nope if you aren't the ceo i'm out you got to have somebody passionate about this it's going to take longer it's going to be way harder than you think um and so i slept on it and i'm like i have to do this i mean it's more important to me than like any problem to solve like i have a chip on my shoulder about this specific industry my mom lost her house in the last recession my grandma's mom's condo is underwater, um, and it, the market is just crazy. We need so to you, change. You it. needed to stop that cycle, you know. 
Yeah, absolutely. And my great grandmother, Robin Weaver, my um, dad's grandmother, she was a black woman in the 1960s when women, women alone couldn't do business, right? She was getting a right. hard time for being a real estate agent there. She would rent properties out to people. Um, none of that like trickled down. I grew up in the inner city, but um, I didn't hear, hear the knowledge and the stories. And so I'm like, okay, why don't we own real estate? And the way we own it is dumb. This needs to change. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Especially like the fact that you just pitched it to your partner and to your investor and uh, he just believed in you. But he also insisted that you put your own skin in the game and you not just sit on the board and just advise that you actually have to operate. You have to go there and hustle. That's that's just the, I don't know, this is great. And this is great. it shows a great amount of trust and shows how much success you had so far. And he, he did the right choice. Yeah, I mean, he was right in hindsight. Like you should never start a company just because you're like, oh, I want to be CEO, be my own boss. That's not true. Like. When you become a, a CEO or you start a company, that's like having a kid. Like that is your number one priority. And then second is you, like there's nothing else. It consumes you and it's hard. Like Elon's right. He's like, it's like chewing glass, staring into the abyss. It sucks. Like what keeps you going isn't money. There's easier ways to make money. Like what keeps you going isn't like freedom. You are tied to this work. It's a hard problem to solve. What keeps you going is inspiration, love for the problem and the need to create a new reality. Wow. That's I'm I'm inspired just by, by listening by that. But at the same time I'm a little scared because you do say like it's, <laughs> it's 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 not it's not like a, an, an easy process and it's uh, it's definitely a bumpy road. Uh but you know, as everything in life, you know, if you want to achieve something great, you have to go through some uh some hurdles. Uh let's switch back, switch a little bit or like go further to uh, Talker and what is Talker and how is it connected to to Roe? Yeah, so um in the beginning, we're talking about, okay, um, and this is an information problem, right? Uh, liquidity. So technology matters um, and open ledgers, like when you make uh, the cap table uh, programmable, interoperable, um, then you, you enable new experiences. It just so happens that we call this um, open finance technology um blockchain technology mm -hmm. right so people get way too caught up with the words you know blockchain all the, crypto, all the buzzwords yeah, yeah tokenization but none of that matters like to the average person um and so the reason when you go to the road website you don't see anything about we don't talk about technology it doesn't matter so we just came up with another name it just means tokenized real estate um, for the open source technologies that we're building and some of the underlying things we're doing on a, under the hood. We'll probably end up calling it Rogue Protocol anyway. But like it's a distraction. It doesn't matter to people. Right. But I will mention this. We were one of Solana's um, Riptide Global Hackathon winners in the spring. Uh, so we got a small grant from the Solana Foundation. We're building some really novel things. But what would be... Um, food for thought for the listeners are uh, is this um, tokenizing real estate doesn't make real estate more valuable tokenizing real estate makes 
crypto more value. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is tokenizing, like the intrinsic value of real estate is the net present value of cash flow. That's it. So if you make it more liquid, you don't really change that. You might make it easier to realize the intrinsic value. Um, you don't have to discount it or, you know, pay for a broker and pay fees, right, to exchange. And so there's value there. You might lower the cost of capital and that'll increase the value in, in some ways. It doesn't really change the intrinsic value though. Um, and it may enable more things to get financed. Banks are really like in a box and mm-hmm. the capital markets are more creative. Um, and so there's value to real estate, but the reason tokenizing real estate assets today has failed is people go into it with the wrong premise and intentions. They're shilling. They're like, oh, it's tokenized now, as if it should trade differently and mm-hmm. in irrational ways. Um, but the second part of that statement, tokenizing real estate makes crypto more valuable. Here's the thing, you know, sovereign individuals are good read. But now we've got this cyber money economy. So now you have financial services for that crypto economy. This is called DeFi. People are lending and borrowing against crypto assets. You have some Bitcoin, you're crypto rich and cash poor. You can wrap it, deposit it in a DeFi protocol um, and borrow against it. So deposit 100,000, borrow five. Um, worth of wrap Bitcoin, borrow $50,000 in stable coins. And now you've got some liquidity, right? So you also have institutions who hold Bitcoin. Uh, you have ETH and other crypto assets. You have people who want to generate some yield, right? It's just kind of sitting on their balance sheet. And so how do they do that right now? They, they generate yield from lending and borrowing against crypto assets. Mm-hmm. Now, with this latest crypto winner, DeFi protocols were really resilient. They were stable. They held up the technology work. But um, it could be more anti-fragile if you weren't just lending against crypto assets. Because when crypto goes down, then well, that could be right. Butters. Um, so there's a growing demand by crypto organizations like MakerDAO. So Room just put out a proposal. And others who want to lend more and generate yield from real world assets like real estate. So yeah, there's against tangible demand. stuff in the real world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not just right. some, yeah. So the crypto economy for it to be really robust is gonna um, not just mirror, but exceed the current financial system. And one piece of that is lending and borrowing against real assets. So now you have a growing capital market of cat, like people were like, I, w- I want to deploy capital into real estate. But in order to do so, you've got to structure the data in a certain way and build a protocol for that. And that's it. That's and so that. I think th- this is great, and, and it's. Uh, I'm sure, like for for people who for for uninitiated, I would definitely suggest looking into DAOs, looking into uh, different uh, Solana projects and and other projects as well. Uh, but I do like I do see this trend in my gut feeling. I do agree that it's the time for hype and the time for just like pumping something and then dumping is is uh, I think it's 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 over. People are becoming smarter, and I, as an investor who wants to be a part of this decentralized world, who wants to be 
who wants to have a piece of action, but I also want to have some safety and I want my investments to be backed by real stuff, you know, not just by some uh, protocol that hasn't been proven by time, but I want to make sure that there's land behind it. I want to sure that there is uh, buildings behind it. I don't want to say, you know, cash, because again, that just goes against the whole philosophy of, you know, cryptocurrency and all that. But yeah, real stuff is there. This is where I, I feel confidence. You've mentioned serving yeah. individuals several times. I was wondering if you are familiar with Balaji Srinivasan and his latest book, The Network State. Yeah, very inspired by it. Um, like that and his essay on mirror tables. Like if, you know, for other people who are interested on how to actually make this happen. Uh, he wrote an essay on mirror tables um, and how to program equity investing in the startup world. But we're applying that same kind of framework to real estate. That's actually... Um, what we were one of the riptide winners for demonstrating. Um, but what is the network stake? A network stake is really just an online community that um, has the capacity for collective action, um, but uses that to crowdfund territory, land around the world. Um, and he predicts that eventually these communities are going to gain diplomatic recognition from pre existing states. Um, it's really fascinating. Um, you're already seeing social networks come together in powerful ways and, you know, with moral innovations inspired by a certain vision um, and deploying capital to see that um, come to fruition. And we're, we're in the early stages of that. And you're going to start seeing um, these communities start to buy land and create experiences in their tracts of land all around the world. So essentially you'll have like a decentralized um, jurisdiction, um, so to speak. And, and yeah. it's gonna be really cool. Yeah, and, and, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, uh, this is something that keeps me moving for the past several months ever since, you know, uh, that book came out. I'm, I'm familiar with Balaji for a long time uh, with his work and all of that. But, uh, you know, once I read that and I'm still kind of rereading some stuff and I'm actually doing a series of podcasts on, on network states. I already have two episodes uh, that will be published. <laughs> nice. I'd love to have you on as a as a guest to just talk about network states as well, since you're so close to, to the subject and uh, you're actually, you know, again, putting skin in the game. Uh, and, uh, you know, developing something in real world that can be actually utilized for a real network state. Uh, yeah, we're like putting all the pieces in place. Like by exactly. default, every app user with Bro has a Solana account. Um, and we built uh, an integration with Web3 Auth. So uh, we don't have access to your private keys encrypted on your phone, but you have a Solana account, um, even if you don't choose to link your Phantom wallet. And we're starting to like, create interesting experiences with that. We just announced a, a cool activation with um, Bears Reloaded. And so members of the DAO with the NFT, when they uh -huh. link their Phantom account, um, they get access to a, a really cool experience. But we're going to announce another one that's pretty, pretty big. But the underlying core technology pieces you know, that are in place that, uh, that we're building and the user experiences on the front end, that crypto fiat, um, interface and then the compliance infrastructure with which to actually buy and own land. Like all of these are the key pieces of the puzzle for people who have a moral innovation to activate on that intention to buy land and then make it happen. Wow, that's just fascinating. And, and I really 
I really hope we can stay connected and talk more about this in the future episodes, Calvin. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you being on the pod. And this was an amazing conversation and I'm very inspired by it. Appreciate it. Likewise. And thanks to all the listeners tuning in. Check us out, rove.com, R-H-O-V-E.com. And follow me on Twitter. Um, Love to interact.